presence to be with us. Our loving Father, we thank you for the privilege of being in your house today. We give you the glory, the praise, and the honor, Lord. We thank you that there is none beside you. There is none like unto you. There is none to be compared to you, God. Great and awesome, God, it's all about you. It's not about us. It's about us worshiping you and giving you the glory and the praise and the honor. Holy Spirit, we're inviting you to come in a special way in this place. Fill this place with your presence. Change hearts, transform lives. Work as never before. And may you be glorified as your people are edified. Send the revival among us today, God. Revive that which needs to be revived. Restore what needs to be restored. Renew that which needs to be renewed. And rekindle that passion and hunger for you. In each and every one of us, we thank you for what you're doing as we turn this service over to you, Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, take control now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's welcome the worship team. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let everything that had breath, can I just get a wave offering? Hallelujah. And in addition to that wave offering, can I get a smile? Can I get a smile? I think mine might be a little too loud. This hallelujah. We need the glory of the Lord to rise in this house today as we begin to worship and we begin to bless him. Please worship with us this morning. The song says, let the glory of the Lord rise. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of our King rise among us. Let it rise. Yeah. Hallelujah. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let the praises of our
and amen. Don't we serve an awesome God? We're here today. We are blessed. This song says, I surrender. So surrender all to him. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
surrender. God, we surrender. Our posture is surrender this morning. Because we know, God, and while we surrender, we can find everything at the altar. At the altar, God, we can find everything we need this morning. Some of us, if we are honest with ourselves, we're hurting and we're broken. We need a touch from you this morning. We're so grateful, God, that your arms are always open. You're always waiting. You're always waiting. We thank you this morning. Oh, are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Let's do it again. Are you hurting? Are you hurting and broken within? Oh, overwhelmed by the weight of Jesus. Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end? Have you come to the end? Do you thirst for a drink? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood. Oh, come to the altar. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus
Those of you watching us by the World Wide Web, you can also be at the altar where you are. And you can talk to God as well, just where you are. There is forgiveness. There is grace. There is mercy. There is love. Unconditional love. Available today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name, God. We praise you, Lord. Father, we acknowledge, we acknowledge this morning that we have sinned against you. We ask your forgiveness, oh God. We ask you to apply the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from every sin. We want you to hear us when we pray. And your word says, our sins have separated you from us, that you will not hear us. But we thank you for the privilege and the provision that you have made that we can be forgiven today. So that when we pray, you will hear us. For most holy God, most gracious Father, we come with humility today. We come humbling ourselves, recognizing that we are just clay. Earthen vessels, O oh God. We ask you to breathe afresh upon us. We ask you to work in us anew by your spirit. We understand that there's nothing we can do without the power of the spirit. Working in the flesh can accomplish nothing. But as we allow the spirit of God to take full and 
complete control. So Holy Spirit, work in each of us today. Change our lives. Change our hearts. Transform us into the image of Jesus Christ. May we become more like you, God. Give us a heart of compassion. Help us to be merciful and gracious. Help us to love people as you do love people. Help us to make allowances for faults of one another. We pray that the fruit of the Spirit will be manifested in our lives as we relate to each other. Lord, we pray for those today who are sick and need your healing touch. You are the Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals. We pray for those in the hospital. Remember Sister Archer and others this morning that are in the hospital or home recovering. We pray that you remember them, Father. That you send your word to heal. Remember Mr. Sutherland. Remember others today that need your touch. Remember Sister Peggy. Lord, we pray for your healing power to flow to every individual that needs your healing touch today. Those that are here and those watching us. You're a gracious God. Somebody need a situation turned around. May you hear their prayer even now. We pray for those who are grieving the loss of loved ones. Lord, we ask you to remember every some of lost moms, some of lost aunts and sisters and brother. We pray for our Brethren who have lost loved ones today, that the comforting presence of the Holy Spirit will be with them, that they would sense your hand around them, upholding them and carrying them and sustaining them and keeping them. Pray to an awesome God, we pray for each and every one of us that are here and those watching us, that your Holy Spirit will work in every heart. We pray that no one watching us or no one here today will leave the way they came. We pray for those in authority over us, our leaders. We pray for the president of our nation and the cabinet. We pray for those of our state, our governor and those who work with them. We pray for the mayor of this state, of this city and those who work with them. We pray for all in authority over us. We also pray for leaders in our open Bible fellowship. We pray for President Back and for others, the National Board and all who are in authority over us. May they make laws that are just and fair, that we may live peaceable and quiet lives. We pray that you'll order their steps and direct their path, that they may make decisions that are sound and wise. Grant unto them wisdom from above. We commend them to you. And we commend the rest of the service to you, God. That in everything, we will bring your glory. We will bring your praise. And God's people will say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the house of the Lord. We're glad you're here today. 
There's no better place to be than in God's house with God's people on the day that we set aside as the Lord's day. We want to take time out to recognize uh, we have a lot of good friends with us today. And uh, we have some first-time guests as well. And uh, we want to recognize you if you're here for the very first time. Uh, just raise your hand so we can recognize you and welcome you to Living Word of Babel. If you're here for the first time, raise your hand. We see you over there and we know Andrew is the first. And let's give them all a big hand as we welcome them this morning. We want to welcome some good friends of ours and uh, many good friends around. We have Maureen over there and we have Don and Albert and Trevor and Sheila and you know, the Knowles family and all these other different ones that are here. Some good friends of ours. So let's give them a big hand. Let's welcome them today. Good to have them with us. And uh, we welcome our son home, Jonathan. And he didn't come alone. He brought two with him. And so we have a little one there that's up front with Grandma and uh, Mimi. And uh, of course, she's very excited today, as you can see. She will always have a smile on her face for the whole day. And of course, you know. All right, so welcome. If you're, if you're here uh, for the second or the third time, wave your hand at me so we can recognize you. Over there, over there, over there, over there. Let's give them a big hand as welcome them. We want to give you one of the card as well if you're here for the second or the third time. And then you can complete the card and drop it in the offering bucket when it passes by later on today. We welcome you all to the house of the Lord and glad you're here. And there's no better place to be than in God's house. We want to make a couple of announcements. Um, you have your program with you, uh, but we want to remind you that next Sunday, we have one service. How many we have service? One? One service at 9 a.m. So if you come at 11, you're going to miss the service. So you want to come at 9 a.m. next Sunday? We have what is called Fellowship Sunday. It's a Sunday where we're going to have one service, and afterwards, we're going outside under the tents, and we're going to fellowship with one another. There'll be, we'll have some food to eat, and we're going to get to know one another. There are several of you who don't know those who come at the 8 o'clock service. And the 8 o'clock service don't know some of your relatives are at the 11 o'clock service. And so we've had times when we come together like this where people discover their friends and long-last relatives at the different services. And so what a great opportunity to come together and to fellowship both services. So we're inviting you to remember that next Sunday is going to be one service at 9 a.m. And we will be uh, having time afterwards. So plan to stay a little bit after the service because we want you to get to know one another and to fellowship with one another. We continue our 40 days of prayer for revival. We are now in week two. We finished in October 10th. We began September 1st. And you have your new uh, week two uh, prayer prompts. You have that in your bulletin. And it says week two on the reverse side of the hands. You see the points to pray. So you just turn it over and you'll be able to see what you need to pray for. We'll do, later on in the service, we'll take some time to do that. So don't make, make sure you have your, your handy. You're going to need it when we pray later on in the service about that. Um, of course, uh, the Pastor Appreciation Service is coming up on the last Sunday of next month. And the rest of the announcements, you can actually follow and make a note of those. 
All right. I, I know that uh, we had talked about a skit in the 8 o'clock service, but I don't think those individuals are here, so we're going to make sure we make a note of that for the next time and to have that ready for you. I know that there's an additional announcement. Is Deacon Daniel here? Here he is. Uh, Dr. Daniel, will you come? Let's give him a hand as he comes. He's going to make an announcement. Thank you very much, Pastor. Good morning, church. All right, it's that time of the year when we celebrate our pastors and we appreciate them at the same time. So we celebrate and we appreciate. Amen? And, um, and we are at that point in time where we are going to give you some information regarding the pastor appreciation services on the, in the month of October. First, though, I would just like to tell you what the... The, the theme for the month is, if you'll bear with me for a minute, all right, the theme is you faithfully answered God's call by becoming a servant to all. That is, you faithfully answered God's call by becoming a servant to all. If you turn with me to Matthew 25, 21. Matthew 25, 21. If you turn with me to Matthew 25, 21. When you find it, say amen. Okay, Matthew 25, 21. And let us read it together if you don't mind, please. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. Since you have been faithful over a few things, I will appoint you over many things. Enter into the gladness of the Lord. And we're talking about the faithfulness of our pastors who have been appointed to watch over our souls. And at the end of the day, we want, him to, we want our Lord to say, welcome, the good and faithful servant, enter into my rest. Amen? Okay, so that is our theme. Our colors for the year. Our colors are, ladies especially, I know you love to, to pay close attention to the colors. Silver, blue, fuchsia. Silver, blue, fuchsia. None of those colors, all of those colors that I just mentioned are in your closet. You have no need to go spend any extra money. So, gentlemen, you all should be happy. There's no need for shopping. All right? All those colors are in your closet, and we're using all those colors for, for the appreciation this year. So, please, please um, govern yourself accordingly. Um, so... On the Friday, the 26th of October, it's a pastor appreciation social. Just come. Come on out, meet this pastor, talk about meeting people you haven't met in some of the other services. We'll have one big time where we will play games, dominoes, card games, ludo, whatever you want. We'll play those games, we'll, we'll be there, and you will be fed. So you don't need to worry. On the 26th, 7.30, we'll pass the appreciation on that Friday. And then on the Sunday, we'll have one service. And on that Sunday, the service starts at 9 a.m. Again, you will be fed. So you could turn the pots down for the weekend. All right? So you'll have dinner with us as we celebrate. This is 25 years of our pastor's ministry in South Florida. I have to be careful to say in South Florida because they've been in ministry longer than 25 years. So we have given you some envelopes also when you came in. In 
on those, in those envelopes, pray about it, think about it, and whatever you want to put into those envelopes, you can put it in and drop it in the offering bucket at any time during, from now on until the end of October. But pray about it, think about it, think of how they have blessed you. We cannot pay them, and we don't try to, for what they have done, uh, what they are doing for us, whether, I mean, they have, I always say, I've been in many churches, and this is very honest from my heart. I've been in many churches, but I've never been in a church where the pastors have done so much and have moved so fast to go to see those who are sick in the hospitals all over. They have made so many trips and um, cooked soup and done all of that. And we cannot really um, pay them for that, but we just want to say thank you for watching over our souls. We just want to say thank you for what you do. Because we are not paying you for what you do, but we are just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I just want you to join me in saying thank you. Amen. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. At this time, we're going to get ready for the ushers to come. And uh, we're going to get ready to receive the morning's tithes and offering. If we give to God back to him of his own. Uh, he has blessed us and he asked us to bring the tithes and offering into those storehouse and prove me now here with God says, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room to contain. So as we get ready to give back to him, we're going to uh, ask Deacon Hamilton to ask God's blessing on you, the givers and the gifts. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the many blessings you have bestowed upon us. We thank you, O God, for blessing us with health and wealth. We thank you, O God, for enabling us to work. Father, we pray that you'll bless this offering. Bless it and multiply it to your honor and glory. Amen.
like a bigger band than the three of them. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Great job, guys. Well, we want to turn the person right and left. You tell them you're in the right place at the right time. Will you do that? We are going to be talking about revival. We have been on our pathway. We talk about 30 days of revival. And uh, true revival is a biblical concept. In Isaiah, the prophet says, For thus said the Lord, the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place, with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So this morning, as we continue to talk about revival and to seek revival, the psalmist reminds us, he asked the question of God, Wilt thou revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. The elders and angels bow, they redeem, worship you now. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Let's just set the atmosphere. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. Holy, holy, holy are you, Lord. The elders and angels bow, the
And we invite you to speak to us now through your word. We ask that your Holy Spirit will do what only you can do. We pray for those watching us and those that are here. That the Spirit of God will be the one that will speak through me. That you use the words that are spoken. The thoughts that you will give. Let everything be of you, Holy Spirit. Let nothing be of flesh. Let God alone be seen and you be glorified. We ask you to have your way now. Let your presence be rich and be felt in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So you may ask me the question, what is revival? Revival is from a Hebrew word, chaya, that means to bring back to life. To restore to consciousness. To restore to a previous condition. We might say the drowning victim was miraculously revived. When the Bible uses revival, it's talking about restoration, regeneration, rejuvenation, renewal of interest after spiritual neglect or obscurity. Well, revival is not evangelism. Even though it may be associated with, it is not evangelism. And revival is not emotionalism. Even though there may be emotional manifestations in a revival. So what is it? It is a personal renewal to spiritual life of an individual or among a group of people. It is a heartfelt return to God and His commandments. It's a heartfelt return to God and His commandments. And so revival is always needed when God's people have grown cold. Now the problem is you're going to see as we look at the word today is that sometimes we don't even understand where we are spiritually in the eyes of God. Sometimes we can think that all is well when it's not well. As the church in Revelation found out in Revelation 3, God says to him, to the church, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, this is what the church is saying, thou sayest I'm rich and increased with goods and have no and have need of nothing. That's what the church was saying. We don't need anything. And then God says, and you knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. What a situation for us to be in when we think we're all this. When God says, you're not what you think you are. You're not where you think you are. And what is important is not what other people think. It's not even what I think. It's what God thinks. That's what really matters. What really matters is what God thinks about this church. And so it is today what we're going to see is that God's going to look at us and we're going to look at ourselves as we go through the word of God. Here are some symptoms that we have when we are spiritually blind or when we are spiritually anemic. Just as there are physical symptoms to some diseases, 
And there are to most diseases, and there's some you don't recognize at first. We're going to talk about some of those hidden ones. But their physical, most physical illness have some symptoms. We had a brother that was, uh, I heard a, a brother that, not from this church, but another church, and he was diabetic. And he was just driving home from work. And he fell into a diabetic coma while driving. Crashed the car, and now he's in a wheelchair, and he doesn't know if he's going to walk again. And so what you have is that there are physical symptoms to the disease. Now, he may have started to feel weak. He may have started to feel a little oozy. And he probably was trying to get home fast before to get something, but it didn't make it. There are some symptoms. And so in the same thing with our spiritual condition. I want to talk about a couple of them this morning. Number one is complacency. We can become very complacent and with the status quo and accept where we are. And we think that where we are is fine. It's like the experiment with a frog. They experimented with a frog. And this frog was in room temperature water. They put the frog in room temperature water. And they heated it a bit. They just warmed it up. And the frog adjusted to the temperature. They made the water warmer. The frog adjusted to that temperature. They made the water even warmer. And the frog adjusted. They made the water even So then they took the frog out and they had another pot with the water as hot as the one the frog was in. And they dropped the frog in there and immediately it jumped out. You see, because you can be in a rut and get comfortable in a rut. You can be in a rut in your life and you get comfortable in that rut. Because you are not recognizing, you adjust. You keep just adjusting to your circumstances. You know, we don't like change. We don't like, nobody likes change generally. We, we want to keep things, don't rock the boat. Keep things the way they are. And so complacency is one of those things when we think, I'm fine spiritually, I'm okay. And what we tend to do is to measure our spiritual level against someone else. And we look at someone else and we say, I'm not like that. But that's not what God wants. We don't measure our spiritual condition against another person. We measure our spiritual condition against the word of God. It is the word of God that is our standard. And that's how we should measure ourselves. So we have to be very careful that we don't fall into complacency. And then there is also another one where we see we have a lack of concern for the lost and the suffering in the world. We don't, it doesn't bother us. Our focus is only on ourselves. It's only on what meet my needs and my circumstance and my situation. And we're not concerned about that there are lost people dying every day. They tell us around the world, 257,000 people die every day without Christ. That's a large, you know what they said? You could fill a jumbo jet with so many people, 36 jumbo jet of people filled are dying every day around the world without Christ. We can't just ignore that. And then we don't, we don't understand the suffering in the world. I've always said that all of us here are richer than 75% of the population of the world. It may sound strange, but you are. Just look at the clothes you're wearing. 
Your dress and your clothes cost more than those people have ever seen in a year. Because they don't have very much. We don't think we have much. But we have a lot more than we can. And can we sit by while this is happening? 25,000 kids will die today from hunger. Should we just sit back without not, just not, not concern? We can't save all of them, but we can do something. Don't you think we can make a difference? We can make a difference. And so it is that God wants us to make a difference. So, we, so we, we, when, we, when you're spirit, do you think that Jesus is concerned about those hunger children? Do you think he wants us to be his hands extended? And so we can't just ignore them. We can't just leave it and not say, it's not my business, it's the government. There is something that you and I can do. So there is complacency. There is a lack of concern. And then there is also hiding or covering our secret sins. The Bible says, he who covered the sins shall not prosper. But whoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall find mercy. We don't want to cover over. We want to be able to ask God's forgiveness. And we just talked about that earlier. That there is forgiveness available. Because he says, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. And then there is having an unforgiving spirit. You know in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says. If I do not forgive my, friend, my neighbors. God will not forgive me. If I don't forgive you. God will not forgive me. I can, you know, and some people have come to the point. Where it says I'm not going to forgive that person. And that's not the way to go. You have to learn to forgive. And let's clarify some things about forgiveness. Because forgiveness does not mean I forget. I can't forget it because it's in my brain. You know, everything you've ever seen or heard is here. Everything you've ever seen or heard is here. Have you ever forgotten a name? And you're trying to remember the name. And it's on the tip of your tongue. You're trying to remember the name. You're trying to remember the name. You can't remember the name. And boy, it's just, just trying to remember the name. And 25 minutes later, the name pop right in your head. Oh, that's the name. That's the name I was searching for. What was happening all this time? Your computer was trying to search the different compartments to find where that is. Finally, it found the box where the answer was and says, this is what you were searching for. But everything you and I have ever seen or heard is already in here. And so when, some, when, when if, if there's someone hurts you and they hurt you deeply, you may say, well, I don't feel like forgiving. It's not about feelings. Forgiveness is not about feeling. Forgiveness is a decision I make. I make a decision to forgive. Now, here's the thing. When I make a decision to forgive, the feelings may not go right away. The hurt may not go right away. The pain may not go right away. And so some people are waiting for the pain to go before they think they can forgive. No, you forgive as a decision and over time, you ask God to take the pain away. So how do I know that I have forgiven? I know that I've forgiven not because I've forgotten, but I know that I've forgiven because when, you, when I bring it up, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't cost me the same. I don't feel the same way about it anymore. I don't have that, that thing in my heart anymore against a person. You can bring it up and I can hear it and I don't have that against that person. But we must be forgiven. Because an unforgiven spirit will create bitterness. And the Bible says bitterness is rottenness to the bones. You know what rottens your bones? Cancer. 
So you're thinking, can all of this leak? Oh, yes. In fact, if I, you know, we unforgiven spirit is a weight that a lot of people carry around. And that weight will cause your blood pressure to go up. It will cause you to have heart problems. You know, someone says unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the next person to die. No, 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 no. We have to learn to forgive. And then so there's another thing. There's a matter of pride. You know, and the Bible tells us we love to, we all love to take the compliment. You want to say that's my idea. It's great. Have you, do you remember the story of the frog and the two, and the two storks? Well, here is what, the frog always watched the storks flying overhead. And the frog would say, I wish I could get a view from up there. And, and, and the storks heard the frog saying that. And the, frog, and the stork says, I can help you. He says, you can't? He said, yes, I'll tell you what. We give you, we'll let me tell you what we'll do. One of us will hold one end of the stick, and another one will hold another stick, and you bite the stick in the middle, and we'll fly up, and you'll be able to look down and see what you always wanted to see. And the frog said, that's a great idea. And so they got the stick, and one stork held one end, and one stork the other end, and the frog bit the stick in the middle, and off flew the storks into the air and the frog was viewing all this wonderful thing he's never seen before it was so lovely and as they pass overhead of a person someone looked at him and said what a, what, what a great idea I wonder whose that was and the frog opened his mouth and said mine and you know what happened of course pride comes before a fall we have to be careful. And we, we got to be careful about those. Because, you know, and so we have to be careful about pride. And then there is animosity to other Christians. It says that we can pick our friends, but we can't pick our family. You can't pick the family you were born in. You were born in that family. You were part of that family. And some of you are ashamed of some part of your family, but you're still born in that family. You may not want anybody to know you belong to that family, but you still belong to that family. Have you ever gone out with anybody and they say so, and they start behaving a certain say, I don't know them. <laughs> well, you know, in the, in the church, we're all brethren. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. You don't, you don't pick me. And I don't pick you. We are together. And I have to learn to get along with you. And you have to learn to get along with me. And I have to put up with you. And you have to put up with me. And I have to forgive you. And you have to forgive me. And I have to make allowances for your faults. And you have to make allowances for my faults. It's all part of what it are because we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I didn't choose you. I know some of you would say, if I could have picked them, I wouldn't pick that one pastor. But you didn't get a choice over that. God picked all of us. And so we have to learn to get along with each other. And so all these are symptoms of strong indication that we need to draw closer to God and his word. Now here's the problem. The problem is that these spiritual, the spiritual decline is not a sudden thing. It occurs slowly and gradually. And many times people don't recognize where we are spiritually until we get a bump in the road. And when we get the bump in the road, we realize the way we respond or how we're handling it or how we can't handle it will begin to tell us 
that we are, we decline spiritually. We thought we were here when we are no longer there where they're here. I want us to look at a biblical concept of that. So turn in your Bible with me to the book of Judges. And uh, I want us to go over to Judges chapter 14. And I don't want to assume that anybody knows the story because I've come to learn that all these times, when we look at all these stories in the Bible so many times, if you ask somebody to tell me back, they don't, they're not able to tell it back accurately. So we're going to Judges chapter 14. I'm going to give you the, the background to this. So what we find here is that God wanted to deliver the children of Israel. And so in order to do that, whenever God wants to deliver the people, or whenever God wants to do something, he looks for a, a, a man. And when I say a man, it could be a man or a woman, an individual. You know, God never calls a committee for anything. Have you ever noticed that? Only us create committees. Man create committees. God called for a man. And so God wants to solve a situation with the nation of Israel. And here's what God's going to do. He's going to send a child into the world for that specific purpose. So he sends an angel to this couple. And he says, a child will be born for you. And this child is going to be a Nazarite. And that means that he must not drink any wine. Nothing from the vine should touch his lips. And he must never cut his hair. He will be a Nazarite for life because I have separated him. I've appointed him to be a judge over the nation of Israel. And so Samson was named and, was, well, and has grown up. And Samson doesn't know at what point God's power is available to him until a situation arises. And so here, let's look at this in, in Joshua chapter, in Judges chapter 14 and verse 6, the Bible says, let's go to verse 5. As Samson and his parents were going down to Timnah, a young lion suddenly attacked Samson near the vineyards of Timnah. He's just walking, he's just going along and a young lion comes out. And the Bible says, at that moment, say at that moment, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as it were a young goat. That's how strong he was, but he had no idea of that strength until he got into a situation. You know, we won't know we, we have grace for the situation until we get in it. You can't have level five grace for level one problem. You're going to get level five grace when you have level five problem. And you won't know that you have level 5 grace until you get into a level 5 problem. And so it is that Samson did not recognize what he had, but he was walking in obedience to God. His hair was not cut. He had never taken wine or anything from the grape family. And so it is that this, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him. At the moment he needed it, God showed up. And so he ripped the lion apart. But we found out that Samson, the person that God sent to deliver the children of Israel, the person that God sent on a specific mission, the person that God goes to his parents and said, you're, you're going to bear a child for this express purpose. We find that Samson had a problem. He had a problem with women. And that is going to create a problem. A bigger problem. <laughs> he had a problem with women. And so... Samson, you know, he saw this young lady down in Timnah. 
She was from the Philistine, another tribe. And he says, I tell his parents, go get her for me. I need her. That was a custom of those times that, that the parents would choose the bride. And he says, and, she's, and the parents says, can't you find somebody from our tribe? Because God says we should not intermarry. He says, no, I don't care. I want her. So, that, so they were, that's where they were going when, the prob, when God tried to stop them with a the line. See? Sometimes God comes in a way to try to stop you from going where you're going to do and we don't recognize it. So then anyhow, so they go on down to Timna. And when they go to Timna, they had the, at the wedding reception, he gave them a riddle. And he told them that if they could solve the riddle, he would kill, he would give them 30 chains of garments. Well, you know, the, the wife came to him and got the information out of him because they promised that if she doesn't tell them, they're going to kill her and her family. So she got it from him, he told them, and they, he went and the Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he killed 30 men and took the 30 raiments of garment and gave it to them. And in the process of doing that, he didn't, they took the wife away. And he didn't have his wife again anymore. And another time, he saw another young lady by the name of Delilah. Now let's go over and look at this situation. Chapter 16 with me now. And let's pick up with Delilah. Because this is where he has a problem, you see. And I want to go to verse uh, to get the story. Um, so Delilah is using the typical thing. You know, verse 15. Then Delilah pouted, how can you tell me I love you? When you don't share your secrets with me. Huh. Hello. You made fun of me three times. And now you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. And then the Bible says she tormented him with her nagging. Let's not get into a couple's class. She tormented him with her nagging day after day. Until he was so sick to death of it. And finally... Samson shared his secret with her. Look, listen to this. This is what Samson is saying. My hair has never been cut, he confessed. For I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. He said that to her. Now you think after he said that, he would be cautious. Well, verse 18, Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth. So she went for the Philistine rulers and then she says, come back one more time, she says, for he has finally told me his secret. So the Philistine rulers returned with the money in their hands. She's getting paid. Delilah lulled Samson to sleep with his head in her lap. Come here, honey. Rubbing his head, caressing him, putting his head in her lap. And this guy fell sound asleep. How comfortable in the wrong place. And so Delilah loved him to sleep with her head in her lap. And then she called in a man to shave off his hair. You see, 
hold on, let me get this. She shaved off the locks of, the, of his head. And where am I? You know this, uh, that's the problem when you have this technology, my wife tells me. Okay, and verse 19. Okay. Delilah lulled time to sleep with his head in her lap. And then she called in the man to shave off the seven locks of his hair. You see, because they, he can't cut them. So, instead of letting them go unruly, he plaited them into locks. And they had them, and they were pretty long locks. And this guy is sleeping so sound in her lap that somebody can come and cut off all seven of those locks and he, hasn't, he, hasn't, he didn't wake up. And finally, the Bible says, she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, listen to this, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he did not realize the Lord had left him. You see, you, this is where he thought he was still where he thought he was. But because of his actions and what had happened to him, there was a gradual decline because as, the, as Delilah came at him, he kept succumbing. He kept, and he went and he went and he went and went until he finally gave in. And told her what he should never have told her. And so the problem is he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he got into trouble. And so God, left, the Spirit of the Lord left him. And so what had happened now that the Spirit of the Lord had left him, he didn't know that the Spirit of the Lord had left him when it had left him. He didn't feel any different. He didn't feel any change. He didn't have, there was nothing different in, his, in the way he felt. He woke up and he thought to himself, okay, I feel fine. I feel like I'm just like, just like normal. I'm just going to do the same thing I normally do. But guess what? The Spirit of God is not there because we have been gradually declining spiritually and we didn't realize that a problem comes in our lives. And we thought, okay, I'm just going to call on God like I normally call on Him. I'm just going to do what I normally do. And then you try to pray and you find out that you're, you're dry. Your prayers are not going anywhere like this. They're bouncing out of the ceiling and coming back. And you're saying, God, what's wrong? Because we're not where we are spiritually now, where we were before. And how did that happen? Not overnight. It was a gradual decline over time. We slipped and we slipped and we slipped and we slipped. And what I'm trying to say to us is that that's why we need a revival. You see, that same thing happened to Peter. Think about Peter. Peter was discipled by Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, I will die with you. I'm going to go wherever you go, and I will even die with you. And probably Peter really meant it. He probably really meant it when he said it. Because he thought spiritually he was strong enough to die with Jesus. Until when they came in the garden and they got Jesus and they arrested him. The Bible says all of them scattered. And Peter came behind slow uh, distance and he watched the proceedings. And he kept he went, he went into the room and he went into the place where they were watching the proceedings. And somebody looked at him and says, 
I know your face. You were with him. Oh, no, I don't know the man. And later on, somebody saw him again and says, I am sure you're one of them. He says, no, I don't know the man. And then finally, somebody saw him and says, yes, 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 you are one of them. And the Bible says, Peter began to curse and swear. The fisherman language came out. And he swore he never knew Jesus. The same guy who just not too long ago told Jesus, I will even die with you. Because at that time, he's basing his statement on where he felt he was spiritually. He felt that he was so strong spiritually that no matter what happened to Jesus, no matter what Jesus was going through, I'll go through it with you. Because I know where I am until the problem came. Until we're hit with a situation, then we begin to understand I am not where I think I was. I am not where I think I should be. I'm not where I think I, ought, I thought I was. I'm, I'm in a different place. And, 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 and many are taken by surprise. So somebody will see a situation and they react a certain way. And afterwards they evaluate their reaction and says, wait a minute. How did I say that? Why did I do that? How did I behave like that? And they never expected that they would behave like that. But you see, you don't know what's in a cup until you hit it hard enough. When you hit the cup hard enough, you see what spills out. That's what happens to us spiritually in our lives. So we need a revival, my friend. That's why we need a revival. You know, the church, the Bible tells us about the various churches in Ephesus. And I want to look at just... One or two of them. I want to look at the one in Revelation chapter 3 with me. Sardis. If you turn to Revelation chapter 3. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. Listen to what the Bible is. Listen to what God is saying about the church. I know all the things you do. And that you have a reputation of being alive. When people look on the outside of that church, they say, what a vibrant church. There's a lot of people going to the church. They have a lot of activities. They have a lot of programs. The church is alive. That's the reputation on the outside. But then God says, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what little remains. For even what is left is almost dead. And then he says to us, I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. The way we are acting and how we live don't match up with God's word. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. So remember when you first came to Christ, the, 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 the passion, the, the desire, the willingness to do some things. Go back to what you heard and believe at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. And if you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. You see, my friend, God's speaking to us. And here's where we want to, I want to be real. 
We have a reputation of being a church of prayer. People used to send lots of prayer requests from all over places. Because they know that we were a church that prayed. A reputation. But you know, we're not where we used to be with prayer. And I was walking around here the other day, and as I was walking along over there praying and touched one of those seats, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And I thought about it, of all the things we do in the house of God, the least is prayer. Why he didn't say my house shall be called a house of preaching? Why he didn't say my house shall be called a house of singing? Why he didn't say my house shall be called a house of teaching? Why he didn't say something? He said my house shall be called a house of prayer. If anything we need to do more is to pray. And so hence we started this 40 days of prayer revival, which we are trying to ask us to pray because we want to change the culture to get back to where we were because we've lost our first love on prayer. We're not there anymore where we used to be. We need to get back to pray. And so this series that we're starting is to help us to get back to that place because he says, go back to your first beginning. Go back to what you did at first. So that we can recognize and understand that we are not where God we are. So we may look in our eyes and think we are fine. But God says, no, you are not at a place. My house shall be called the house of prayer. And I thought, and when, I, when I heard that from I turned around and I looked at those and I said, those two signs will never come down. We'll keep them up there. To remind us that the priority for God is prayer in his house. When we come into his house, we cannot neglect prayer. We, we prioritize everything else. And prayer is the least thing we do. So today, we're going to begin by practicing prayer. That's why I told you that you're going to have your, your yellow sheets. I want you to get your yellow sheets out. And together we're going to spend some time going through them and praying over these individual items here because it's important that we pray, my friend. We're going to pray for our visitors who may not be Christians as the first one. We're going to pray for those who are driving by and struggling whether they should stop. We're going to pray for the ushers and for the greeters. We're going to pray for those who may have been Christians for many years but have gotten cold. We're going to pray for those in the leadership that they may not experience burnout and so forth. We need to pray for these things for the week. But we're going to take time in the service because can I tell you, if anything we should be doing, we should be doing more in his house is pray. And you know, you know the spiritual condition of a church when you call a prayer meeting. You know where we are spiritually then. Because if we value what God values, if we value less what God values most, you know we're not on the same wavelength with him. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And he could have picked anything else that he wanted. But that was what he emphasized. And it's so sad that what we do least in the house of prayer is to pray. Can we change that? I want us to change that. Third Friday prayer is coming up. 
I want you to make a decision that you're going to change. That you've never been to one, you need to be one. You've been, you need to make sure you're going to be there. Because that's important for us. So here's what we want you to do. I want you to, bow, I want you to in your seat, right where you are, together we're going to do a concert of prayer. Right in your seat where you are for the next couple of minutes. We're going to let you pray through these points. We're going to let you turn one by one, just begin to pray through them. We're going to bow our heads, we're going to focus on each one, what we're having in front of us. And just pray these prayers for the next five minutes. We're going to pray them. Because, you know, we have this concept of three times, three times a day we're supposed to pray. And one of them is between 12 and 1. Guess what? We, guess where we are now? Between 12 and 1. So we're going we're gonna to do it in church together. So will you take it and begin to pray? Father, we come in the name of Jesus.
We pray for the Spirit of God to work in us like never before. We pray, God, that you would move in among us. That we would sense your presence and your power will be manifested in our midst. We call upon your name. We cry out unto you. We beseech you, O God. We ask of you, Jesus. Work in us afresh, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Hear, O Christ, God. Hear, O Christ, today. Lord, awaken us. Give us back the passion we first had at the beginning, God. Let's return to our first love, God, we pray. Let's not just have a reputation of a place of prayer, but let us, we pray that prayer will become paramount again in our congregation. We pray that this house, your house, will truly be a house of prayer. Not just say that it is a house of prayer. Not just what you have said, Lord, but it will become a reality among us. That your house that the reputation that we have will not just be a reputation, but we'll, not, we'll, we'll be alive and what we do will match the reputation, Father. We call upon your name. We cry out unto you today. And we ask you to help us in the name of Jesus. I want us to declare something today. We're going to declare something by a song. It's a new season. It's a new day. There's a fresh anointing flowing my way. Spirit of power. We want to pray and declare that today. And then we're going to get ready for a dedication of a meeting. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a new season. It's a new day. A fresh anointing is flowing my way. A season of power and prosperity. It's a new Fresh on 
Those of you that have come to join in, just come and join us and stand with them. We have some good friends and others who have come from far, and Jonathan, God's parents are here too, so that's a wonderful thing. And uh, come closer. I got to get a little kiss before I still get in. While they're coming, let me read this passage of scripture. It says, And when Jesus, one day, some of us, well, let's put it in your the translation so better. Then they brought the children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. That's exactly what we'll do. We'll take them up, take her in our arms, put our hands on her, and bless her. But before we do, we always pray for you who are going to help from afar by praying. We're talking about prayers. So you can pray, amen? And so we ask you to pray and ask God to help her become a godly woman and a warrior in the kingdom of God. And so we're going to pray for you first. So Father, we thank you for the parents those who are here to stand with them godparents and others friends we ask you to stand with them God that indeed father that they would also be exemplary that she'll be able to follow their example we pray that you would give them wisdom to guide and to help to nurture her in the admonition of the Lord so we commend them before you. 
And we ask you to be with them. We ask you, Lord God, to give them insight, words of wisdom and encouragement and support in the prayer times, oh God, to lift her up, to lift up the parents before you. So we give you thanks for what you're doing and what you will do. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I know you're going to be holding her. I know that. I figured that already. The roles are reversed today. I anticipated that long ago. I will still get my whole afterwards. But I know that you wanted to do that. So today, we have Christine Noel Francis. And we're going to ask the Lord blessing on you. She wants to hold the oil of anointing. You're going to be a preacher, that's fine. Father, we thank you for Christine. We know that no child is an accident by thy design. You have sent her on a mission. She's on a mission for you, God. And Lord, we just pray that you'd order her steps and direct her path. That she shall fulfill the mission for which you sent her. We pray, Lord God, that every day of her life, she'll be under your hand, being guided by you, directed by you. Oh, that the Lord would bless you indeed. And enlarge your territory. That his hand would be with you. That it would keep you from evil. And may you never cause pain. We ask your blessing upon her father. For going out and her coming in. Or lying down and rising up. May she be a mighty warrior in the kingdom of God. May one day when she stands before you. May she, see you, she hear you say. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. We're going to anoint you. And anoint you with oil in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be blessed of God. We're going to let you pray. Absolutely. I should have guessed. Join in prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we just thank you as we offer up Christine Noel to you. Her parents have chosen the name because they want to honor you, O oh God. And we pray that in the tradition of our families, Christine will be a woman of God who makes a difference. We're praying even from her childhood, she'll be marked by the anointing power of God, by wisdom and insight. She'd be a leader among her peers. She'll stand up for what is right, defending the poor and the helpless. She'll be mighty in truth. You'll keep her in health. You'll bless her in all areas of her life. And in the end, she'll not be afraid to stand up for your God. May you give her length of days, health, the great ability, equipping her for what you have called her for. Put people in her life that will be positive influences, oh God. And may she never be a follower, except a follower of Jesus, but a leader in her generation. We bless her, we bless her parents, 
We're praying for them, oh God, that they would make that decision to line up their lives so that they can guide her, not just educationally, not just physically and emotionally, but in, in the spiritual realm. So we bless them. We bless this family. May they do what is right and pleasing in the eyes of God. We bless our grandparents who are watching right now in California. And we ask, oh God, for help and strength, your favor upon them. May you grant them your peace and the rest of the family in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 dressed <laughs> watch your step <laughs> watch your step watch your step behind you Let's get in my hand as they go back. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. It's a new season. It's a new day. We believe in God in every way. It's a new season for us as grandparents. <laughs> it's a new day in Jesus' wrath. Give God thanks and give Him praise. As we dismiss you, we want you to go forth in the presence of the Lord and the Spirit of God. Don't forget you can get your devotionals on the outside because we want you to be daily, be in front of Him. And uh, as you pray and as we follow the guide, try to remember those prayer times that we have. And if you miss the prayer time, still pray that five minutes and uh, just catch up. We have three times in which we suggest between 7 and 8, between 12 and 1, and between 9 and 10 p.m. But if you miss those times, still try to catch up another time. May those times may not be the ideal time for you. You just suggested times. But if more of us can pray in that time, we're concentrated. There's a powerful agreement at the same time. Raise your hand as we pronounce the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed day.